0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media Thanks to the generosity of our supporters Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily Please make your donation today at vision.org.au
1: World changers are often not appreciated but instead they're persecuted Now that's not a promise we usually claim, is it? Because who wants to be persecuted?
0: Who wants to be mocked? Who wants to be laughed at? Has that happened to you lately? Pastor Greg Laurie brings important encouragement to those of us who face opposition for our faith. We have a message that must get delivered. Hold your ground and be
1: a man or a woman of faith because you in effect are changing the world because you reflect Christ. This
0: is to go forward for Christ, onward Christian soldiers, then why are there so many Christian retreats? Shouldn't there be more Christian charges? Well, seriously, we're often more comfortable staying in our bubble than marching out onto the battlefield. And today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to be people who impact the culture around us. Pastor Greg says we're called to be world changers. Some important principles on making sure we impact the world and not vice versa are coming up.
1: We're going to discover now 10 principles about how you can be a world changer. So, if you're taking notes, here's point number one world changers have an active, not a passive faith. I'll say that again for emphasis world changers. Have an active, not a passive faith. Listen, the more you use your faith, the stronger it grows. Jude 1.20 says this. You see, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying on the Holy Spirit, staying in the center of God's love, keeping your arms open, ready for the mercy of our master, Jesus Christ. Notice the emphasis there is on faith doing things. Faith is praying. Faith is staying. Faith is keeping. Faith is active. Point number two, world changers do things with their faith. They do things with their faith. Here in Hebrews 11, we read these words. Abel offered a sacrifice. Noah prepared an ark. Abraham obeyed. Abraham offered up Isaac. You see, they did things with their faith. Listen to this. A faith that has no works is a faith that does not work. James says faith without works is dead. Bringing me to point number three. The faith we need as a world changer grows stronger through testing. If you have real faith in God, your faith will grow stronger through adversity and difficulty, not weaker. We're told in James 1, when all kinds of trials and temptations crowd in on you, brothers, don't treat them as intruders, but... Friends realize they've come to test your faith and produce in you a quality of endurance. All right, where do we get faith? Point number four, we get it by reading and understanding the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we want to be looking into the Word of God and then point number five, faith can make the difference between something happening and not happening. Uh, We see so many instances in this scripture. Hebrews 11, uh, 33 to 35, it says, By faith these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice. They received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions and quenched the flames of fire. They escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from death. That brings me to principle number six. World changers are indestructible until God is done with them. World changers are indestructible until God is done with them. So stop worrying about when you're going to die. That is in the hands of God. The Bible says it's appointed unto a man once to die and then comes the judgment. It's gonna happen at the appointed hour. So if you're freaking out about it and stressing about it all the time, you're wasting a lot of energy. You'll live as long as God wants you to live, not a day longer. But then again, your life will not be cut short if God wants it to go on longer. You're indestructible until God is done with you. Principle number seven, world changers are never alone. World changers are never alone. Verse 33, they quench the power of fire. Now this is probably alluding to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, the king, this is Nebuchadnezzar now, who preceded uh, Darius, who gave a decree that everybody should bow before a giant gold statue that he had erected. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, being good Jewish boys and believing what the Bible said, we're not gonna have another god before the Lord, and they refused to bow. And the king was outraged, and he threw them into a fiery furnace. In fact, the flames were so hot that they killed the men who were putting them in. After they were dropped in the furnace, the king looks. He can't believe his eyes. He's probably rubbing them and saying, wait, I threw three people in the furnace and I see a fourth one. And they're walking around. Who was this mysterious shadowy figure walking with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace as though it were a walk in the park on a Sunday afternoon. It was Jesus walking with them. And they were delivered. And Jesus is walking with you through your hardship right now. Do you feel all alone? Do you feel abandoned? I want you to know that God is there and that God cares. And Jesus says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Here's another principle. World changers apply their faith. They apply their faith. Look at verse 35 of Hebrews 11. Women receive their loved ones back to death. This is probably a reference to Elijah raising the widow's son to life again. So Elijah was a great prophet of the Lord, right? And uh, he went to a woman, a widow. She had very little money, she had a son, her most prized thing on earth, her beloved boy. And he asked her if he could uh, crash at her house, if you will, if she could put him up. And so she let him stay and she would feed him from the meager supply of food that she had. She didn't realize she had invited a world changer into her home, the great prophet. And uh, it's a great principle because the Lord kept providing for her and she always had what she needed. And just illustrates the principle of putting God first in your life and honoring him through your giving and he takes care of you. Well, one day... The widow's son died. She actually blamed Elijah for it. I should have never invited you here to stay at this house. And this happened because of you. Elijah's like, uh, let me just uh, take care of this, all right? And the Bible tells us that he went to that boy and he carried him up to his little apartment and he raised the boy from the dead. Listen, even death does not stop a world changer. Now when we think of Elijah, we think oh, he's a rock star. He's a biblical legend, Elijah calling fire down from heaven. Elijah stopping the rain. Elijah raising a boy from the dead. That's all true, but guess what? Elijah was a dude like you. In fact, the Bible even says in James 5, 17, Elijah was as human as we are. Yet he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. Here's something to remember about Elijah. Elijah. After he had his great contest with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, he fell into a deep funk. He was deeply depressed and actually didn't even wanna live any longer. And that brings up another point. Even world changers get depressed at times. Again, they're not here in Hebrews 11 and the heroes hall of faith because they were great people. It's because they put their faith in a great God And think about the weakness of so many of them. And so we all have our moments of sadness. We might even deal with depression. And these are human
0: beings that God worked in, and God can work through you as well. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. And today, Pastor Greg is presenting a message called How to Be a World Changer. He's in Hebrews chapter 11. Now we come to another group of
1: world changers. Now, they too had great faith. They too trusted God. But they didn't walk through fires. They didn't part the Red Sea. And they did not have their dead restored. In fact, they suffered greatly and many of them died. So how's this work? Were they losers in the hall of faith while the others were winners? Not at all. Because we don't decide how long of a life we will live. We don't decide what circumstances we'll have to face. We just decide how we will react to them. The first group of world changers that I talked about glorified God through escaping. Like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The second group of world changers glorified God by enduring. Let's read about them. Hebrews 11 Verse 35, others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. They were jeered at. Their backs were cut open with whips. They were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Others were sawed in half. Some were killed with the sword and what about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering over deserts and mountains and hiding in caves and holes in the ground. But they earned a good reputation because of their faith. None of them received all that God had promised. God had something better for them and for us.'" World changers are often not appreciated, but instead they're persecuted. According to Jewish tradition, Isaiah was sawn in half with a wooden saw. It's alluded to here in Hebrews 11. Even today, around the world, Christians are persecuted. Understand this, religious groups are persecuted, but no group is persecuted like the Christian. All the studies that have been done on this topic bear that truth out. Christians are the most persecuted people in the world today. And we know that our brothers and sisters suffer living in nations like China and North Korea and in certain Islamic nations where they're not allowed to practice their faith. But the Bible does say all that live godly in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Now that's not a promise we usually claim, is it? <laughs> because who wants to be persecuted? Who wants to be jeered? Who wants to be mocked? Who wants to be laughed at? Has that happened to you lately? People have made fun of you. They make jokes about you when you walk into the room. Oh, here comes Holy Joe. Oh, here comes Mr. Spiritual. Oh, don't preach to us. You know, and they put you down because of what you believe. But I'm saying to you, hold your ground and be a man or a woman of faith because you in effect are changing the world. The very fact that you walk into a room and they identify you first and foremost as a Christian and it affects everything around it says something. Just be a loving Christian. Be a nice person. Make sure when you're persecuted you're persecuted for the right reasons. I've seen some Christians who are obnoxious and they're intrusive and they're overbearing and they're argumentative, and they're arrogant. And then when people reject what they say, they say, thank God I'm being persecuted for righteousness' sake, hallelujah. No, you're being persecuted because you're a hmm, jerk. No, (laughs) be persecuted for righteousness' sake because you reflect Christ. And that brings me to my last point. World changers have a reward waiting that will make it all worth it. We have a reward waiting that will make it all worth it because it promises restoration here for these people who've suffered. One day, all of our questions will be answered. One day, God will restore in heaven, and in the next life, what we have lost in this life. Look at verse 35 of Hebrews 11. They place their hope in a better life after the resurrection. You know, we put all of our focus on this life, but there's an afterlife. And that goes on forever. This life on earth, even if it's long, is relatively short, isn't it? The Bible says we spend our life like a story that's already been told. It's a puff of smoke that appears for a moment, Scripture says, and vanishes away. Then there's the afterlife. And I wanna ask you this question in closing. Are you ready for the afterlife? Let me put it another way. If you died today, would you go to heaven? You say, well I hope so, I have faith in the good Lord and the man upstairs and I've lived a good life. And Well that's all nice, but he doesn't wanna just be the good Lord or the man upstairs and a good life isn't gonna get you to heaven because heaven is not for good people. (laughs) That might surprise somebody right now. Heaven is not for good people. Heaven is for forgiven people. You see, you can live a good life and not go to heaven. I'm not gonna get to heaven because I'm a preacher I'm not gonna get to heaven because I've done X amount of good things. I'm gonna get to heaven because I've put my faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord who died on the cross for me 2,000 years ago. And here's my question to you. Have you done that? See, being a Christian is not just saying, well, I'm gonna read the Bible now and go to church and say Christian things. No, no. Being a Christian is having Christ himself come and take residence in your heart. The Bible says, for as many as received him, he gave them the power to become sons and daughters of God. Have you received Christ? You say, what do you mean receive Christ? I mean, have you said to God, I'm a sinner and I know Jesus is the Savior and I want him to forgive me of my sin and come and live in my life? If you've not done that, you can do it right now. He stands at the door of your life and he knocks. And he says, if you'll hear his voice, and open the door, he'll come in. Would you like your sin forgiven? Would you like to know that when you die, you will go to heaven? Would you like him to fill the big hole inside of you? Maybe you've been trying to fill with other things. He's just a prayer away. In a moment, I'm gonna pray, and I would ask you to pray this prayer with me. Again, as I pray, pray this prayer. You could pray it out loud right here. Pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I've fallen short of your glory. But I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and to rise again from the dead. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. And I ask Jesus to come into my life right now to be my Savior and Lord, my God and my friend. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie with those making a decision for the Lord today. And if you've just prayed that prayer with Pastor Greg and you meant those words sincerely, we want to welcome you into the family of God and we'd love to help you get started in living the life of faith. Let us send you something that we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll answer many of the questions you might have and help you build a strong foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1 800 pray for me. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you as well. That's 1-800-772-936. Well, next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie will recall the life of Billy Graham with some reflections on his friendship with Billy and how he meticulously researched Billy's life for his new book. Join us next time, same time right here on A New Beginning. for a copy of today's full message get in touch with vision christian store it was called how to be a world changer just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011 thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from vision christian media to find out more about us go to vision.org.au